Well, I have Russell Lamberti and Pitt LaRue from Saka Licha. Pitt, uh, I recall talking to you last time you said that Russell would be joining you as your chief economist and strategist. Has he made any impact yet? Yes, it's great to have Russell on board. He's a good soundboard. He has great ideas of his own. And uh, we, we live in difficult times where we need to exercise good judgment and uh, Russell, Russell adds to that and we have excellent stuff in store for next year, but that's for next year. Well, for right now, the topic of the moment is mandatory vaccines. Uh, you have come out very strongly against mandatory vaccines. In a nutshell, perhaps, uh, Pete, you, starting with you and then Russell, if you can fill in, why do you feel so strongly against mandatory vaccines? Uh, Alec, uh, it's best to have a voluntary vaccination campaigns because uh, if we go for mandatory vaccines, we're closing down the discussion, we're politicizing science, and we're, de- we're centralizing risk management in a country and in a world where we've seen uh, the centralization not leading, uh, leading to good results. Um, I think that we, uh, we need to uh, understand that we know less than we think um, and that we should be accommodating to other people in South Africa, uh, other businesses, and let um, them adopt strategies that solve the problems at their level. That's one thing. The second thing is that um, besides being accommodative and respective of each other uh, in the world, it's also um, uh, of concern that if we say yes to mandatory vaccines, we're also saying yes to the monitored society. We're saying yes to the society where businesses are co-opted into acting on behalf of government, checking at entry and exit points in the daily walk of life um, uh, to the discretion of government on the criteria they set. And this is something that two years ago we would have said uh, it's very unacceptable if China uh, and, and some uh, authoritarian countries do something like this. We would have said this is not the country we want to live in. Uh, but now we're going to say yes to the principle of that being uh, made a habit in society. And once we've done that, um, you can't, you, you, we will not be able to control what else will be put into that uh, basket. So if I, I hear you correctly, uh, you're saying that there is a possibility that this is a bit of a slippery slope. Yes, it's, it's, it is a slippery slope. It's not a possibility. It's a slippery slope. And the people who um, wish to close down the debate, close the society and say, this is how we'll politicize science uh, and this is our, the way forward. Um, if you are in favor of this national mandate, then I'm afraid you're saying, yes, we go on the slippery slope, but we'll manage it. We won't, we won't go down the slope. We'll, we'll sort of manage clawing our way into it. And I don't think that's, uh, uh, that's a, an acceptable risk. Russell Lamberti, I presumably you agree with all of that, but do you have any other points to add to the argument? Look, Alec, I, I just think that we've, we've lost perspective on what it means to live in a pluralistic uh, democratic society where very, very big and important decisions don't actually just get foisted on the population. You know, the, the, there's, there seems to be a complete abandonment of, of due process, of, um, of proper processes of decision-making. We've, we've centered, we, we, we've created, we've allowed for the creation of a command council system uh, which is quite literally a central planning system, Alec. We, we saw the absurdities of some of this last year um, with, with, with the first lockdown and some of the crazy regulations. But really, right throughout, you've had um, bureaucratic decisions happening uh, at a whim, 
um, on the uh, on with, with with no real process to be followed, and as a result, um, you've got a completely uncertain business and social order at the moment, Alex. So, so, so the the, the average business does not know whether next week or in two weeks' time or tomorrow there's going to be some sort of draconian shutdown. This, of course, is all justified by by a virus and by the need to 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 protect people and, and all these sorts of justifications. We don't think those are sufficient justifications for this level of, of, of state centralization and for concentration of decision-making power. And as Pete says, we've and as we've argued right from the beginning of this this whole uh, saga, um, you have to have decentralized risk management. 60 million South Africans, Alec, are not the same as each other. They come from different backgrounds, different areas. They are different age groups. They have different risk profiles. They've got different economic needs. It is, it is really unconscionable to, to have a one-size-fits-all policy. And then I just want to strongly echo Pete's view that, that we, we open the door to a monitored society. Having to prove your, your health status, having to show that your body is not some kind of a danger to someone else in the normal affairs of day-to-day life is, is a obscenely abnormal way to live. Um, and we don't think that the conditions at hand, and as we argue in our, in our reports recently in our letters, uh, in our letter to members, we, we just don't think that the conditions at hand and the reality on the ground uh, remotely justifies such dramatic action that is being proposed. We must emphasize that what is being proposed um, punishment, as it were, ostracization for, for unvaccinated people and a system of vaccine surveillance administered for 60 million people, Alec, is an enormously draconian, totalitarian uh, system. Um, and it is going to come with enormous bureaucratic baggage, most likely significant corruption and cheating and all sorts of other nonsense going on. To, to think that this is a workable system in a country that's on its knees right now economically um, is incredibly naive and dangerous. In your note today, you, you said it was disproportionate and unjustifiable, and you've made some compelling arguments. However, the counter-argument is we don't know how dangerous this highly transmissible uh, variant of the disease is. Hopefully it's not dangerous, but if it is, if it starts killing people at the rate that the previous COVID's killed, then by Discovery's uh, estimation, uh, you could be talking between thirty and 40,000 deaths. And although mandatory vaccines are not the ideal, time is of the essence here. And to, to prevent those deaths, what is the alternative? And I guess that's really the question. The, those who want mandatory vaccines are saying, we don't have time, we've got to protect uh, everybody in society let's get everybody vaccinated and actually force them to do so because we don't have time pit well alec i was just going to say uh, you know i i just don't think that's how that's not how real life works we we don't we don't magnify every potential threat and take every uh drastic action to try and avoid it um that is a misapplication of what's considered the precautionary principle um, and what's not considered are the risks of, of the evasive action that would be taken. 
we open up the door to enormous social and political and economic instability on the other side. And, you know, so sure, there's, there's lots of very clever people, um, health experts, uh, virology experts, and so on, who are concerned about aspects of this virus. Um, we can debate some of those concerns, um, but one's got to ask what qualifies those people to understand this side of the equation, the complexity of the social order, um, the fragility of South Africa's political, economic, and social life at the moment. You know, Alec, we've just been through one of the most devastating events since 1994 in the, in the KwaZulu-Natal riots. And part of what, has, what drove those, those riots is an underlying uh, uh, economic melee. Uh, people are struggling. People are facing enormous pressures. And yes, there were some political catalysts involved. Now you want to take this population, Alec, that's suffering from 75% broad youth unemployment, um, e enormous uh, uh, strains and challenges uh, amongst, amongst millions of households, and you want to then further impose very draconian punishments, as it were, for not adhering to a particular view of the virus or of the problem. Uh, and let's be, let's be clear about this. There are several different views, you know, regarding this, this particular issue. And you want to take those millions of people and force them into a very draconian set of rules and systems and then, and then see what happens. This is, this is social experimentation on a grand scale, and, and we are extremely concerned about going down this route. When you say a particular view, the, the data is very – it's comprehensive. Uh, it's, it's unambiguous. You get a vaccine, the chances are very, very much lower – uh, that you are going to land up in hospital uh, by a factor of five or ten or twenty, depending on who, which data you look at. And certainly, Discovery would have the best database, the most uh, data points, given its medical aid uh, is dominant in South Africa, to be able to to share this information with us. Surely, if vaccines stop people from ending up in hospital and dying, uh, there has to be a very strong argument for promoting them. Well, Alec, there's, there's lots of things that, that stop people from, from dying. Um, it doesn't follow that those things should be mandated. Um, and I think it's important to say that we actually understand the parameters of COVID quite well at this point. Um, coronaviruses do mutate. Uh, new strains of a coronavirus come out all the time uh, on, on other coronaviruses. We always have a new flu strain. We always have new coronavirus strains. Um, the, the established science would tell us that, that mutation selects for, for uh, strong virality but low severity. Um, that seems to be the early indication on this, but I, I, I think that there's going to be a, a, a vociferous debate about that as we go over the next few weeks. But I think what is true to say, Alec, is that, and this has been, been clear in the last few days uh, with the announcement of this, this new variant, uh, is that really we have very little information about it. And, and my feeling is that given the social experimentation that you are arguing for on this side, the, the sensible, uh, proportionate approach here is to proceed cautiously, which is to say, don't shut down society. 
don't mess with this complex this complex economy and um, and the social order. Don't throw another few hundred thousand people into unemployment and into uncertainty when we've already got absolutely awful jobs numbers that have just been released. Um, so so there's there's a far broader set of questions here. And 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 I just don't think that the that the present state of information that we have about this even remotely justifies this kind of push. Bear in mind, let's not forget, everyone who wants a vaccine, who wants to to benefit Alec from 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 this uh, from the data that you cite, which suggests that people are far less likely to be to be hospitalised and to have bad outcomes uh, after having had the vaccine. The vaccine is available to them. They, they can avail themselves of that opportunity. And once they've done that, they can feel a lot more secure. Um, why this needs to, to then extend, why everyone needs to get this, why this needs to be a coercive push uh, to the point of blocking people from traveling to work, to the point of blocking people from entering supermarkets and really creating a, a, an incredibly tyrannical system. Uh, that 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 does not connect, and we're at Sakalicha pointing out that connection and pointing out the risk of doing this to the the commercial and 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 social order that, as it is, is very fragile. Pete, yes, Alec, I think um, we, we can proceed cautiously. As I think one good thing for President Ramaphosa when he made these announcements when was it Sunday evening, he said, uh, "Look, what's happening with these travel bans is they're completely unscientific." I completely agree with him. There's no basis in science for this. But it just shows you that when politicians draw a line in the sand, it often isn't based on science. And this is according to politicians themselves. So we must be very careful by drawing, uh, enforcing one uh, one answer as if this is what science says. We're actually politicizing science. We're closing the door to an accommodating society. The vaccines and the benefits are available to everyone. Um, I expect, the, uh, and, and we should expect, as we've seen all over the world, vaccine uh, propensity to grow. Um, I find it surprising that in South Africa, we seem to be exceptionally good at ignoring uh, normal antibody levels from previous infections. That's actually great news. It, it shows us there is some uh, resistance. Uh, it'll it'll uh, lower the severity of future uh, occurrences. Um, and then I, I think it's also important to, to stress finally that if we uh, allow this monitored society, we're not actually in principle going to monitor the non-vaccinated people. We're going to start with monitoring the vaccinated people. Um, and so that is why I'm not surprised to find that many vaccinated people um, uh, are also opposed to vaccine mandates. I think that we must not think of this as a discussion between vaccinated and non-vaccinated people. We must think this is, as a discussion of what is good for society and the consequences of mixing with a complex system. And we cannot escape the implications of having a monitored society of which vaccinated people will be the primary, uh, the primary victims. Okay, but getting back to that original question about the time, do we have time to not do this? Well, um, two, weeks, two weeks ago, uh, even a week ago, we thought we had time. And the only thing between now and a week ago, having this discussion, is the discovery of the Omicron variant and panicked reactions, which President Ramaphosa himself has called unscientific. And I would agree with that. So there's, there's, uh, there's, we have just as much time as we had last week this time, but we just have a panic in the meantime about something we 
all our scientists agree we, we don't know a thing about. So um, actually, we, we should relax. Let's calm down. Let's, uh, let's keep encouraging people with good and honest campaigns about the benefits of vaccines. Let's keep uh, the society open um, and just take a step back and not make these drastic decisions with consequences for decades to come. Russell, in your note today, and you also mentioned a little earlier, that this opens up the potential for corruption. Would you elaborate? Alec, we, we don't need any, any real explanation or, or sort of further elucidation about the fact that we live under one of the most corrupt governments in the world. We have uh, plenty of evidence for this. Um, we have certainly a very inefficient government and certainly a government that is desperate for resources. What a system like is vaguely being proposed, and let's just say that nothing particularly concrete has been proposed, really. This is all very abstract at this point, and that's something that we've just got to be cautious of. But in the broad, in, in the main, what is being proposed here is essentially a a surveillance bureaucracy, Alec, run by the South African government who can't keep the lights on, who can't keep the trains running, uh, who can't keep the ports going, uh, who can't run education, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, municipalities are falling over. And we're asking this government to implement a high-tech, um, sophisticated, modern surveillance system and uh, entry and access system for 60 million people um, and uh, that, that is going to have tremendous implications for, for, for everyone. Uh, and we're expecting that this is going to somehow run very smoothly. Um, what is likely to happen is enormous bribery and corruption. Uh, uh, considerable cheating of the system. Um, but what you do in the process is you set up these, these nodes of, of access, of bureaucracy, that allows a bureaucrat to, to accept a bribe, that allows a bureaucrat to, to uh, skim off that system. Uh, th that is an absolute certainty in a system like this. Possibly the only way that the government could, could avoid something like this or that South Africa could avoid something like this is if it is if the government pushes the onus of of this sort of monitoring system onto companies, um, and then what you're going to see is a sort of cascading down as large companies implement this, and it sort of cascades down to to the smaller companies, um, and that's equally concerning, not so much because it will be corrupt, but because it will be efficient. <laughs> Uh, and that system run very efficiently can be, I think, uh, uh, elicits all the concerns that, that I've just raised of, of this being very draconian and a monitored society and really a, an, an over-regulation uh, uh, and formalization, as it were, or regimentation of what we know, Alec, as, as normal life. Just to close off with, are you going to be going to court to prevent mandatory vaccines as Sarkelecha, Pete? Like we'll have to see. I mean, we're in discussion with uh, legal advisors. We're also in discussion with people who, um, uh, academics, uh, medical professionals. So we're, we're not trying to formulate a tentative, very, very, very 
voorzichtig, very cautious uh, arguments. We think society should proceed cautiously. So also in the domain of litigation, we'll proceed cautiously. And we'll have to see what the grounds are. I certainly have not seen uh, a case. I mean, I've heard lots of people say there is a constitutional case. I've not seen uh, one a good one made out. Um, uh, certainly there are many organizations that will challenge this. Uh, we'll have to see what role we have to play in that. But what I can say is that uh, we need to keep society open and uh, stand firm on this uh, in the interests of uh, decades to come uh, and of accommodating difference. Uh, this is what uh, a healthy and flourishing society is like. We have to find ways of accommodating differences also between businesses. Some businesses will approach this differently, um, but we can't use this one-stop solution for everyone. Um, that is the antithesis of science and the, it's the antithesis of um, the political negotiation and give and take that should be in any healthy society and business community.